Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. He is faithful. How many can raise a hand and say, faithful, faithful? Oh, God has been faithful, good to us, so good, so good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Some uh, years ago, in a time of fellowshipping with the Lord, he spoke to my heart. He said, Keith, I'm helping you a lot more than you know. <laughs> How many believe that? He's, he's helping us much more than we even realize. Hallelujah. The fact that we're standing here alive, still going, is proof positive. He's helping us so much more. Let's Let's thank Him for all the answered prayers. Let's thank Him for meeting all of our needs. Let's thank Him for healing us and our, our children and our family. Let's thank Him for His mercies that endure forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that we don't even realize and we don't even know that you've done for us. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we, uh, we submit ourselves before you tonight, acknowledging the, the person of your Holy Spirit. He is the great teacher and guide. Thank you, Lord, for the light of your word that illuminates our darkness, teaches and quickens, answers our questions, helps us up, up. We ask for exactly what you would say to us, exactly what you would do, for you know best. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers of what you show us. Any adjustments we need to make, we ask that you reveal it to us. What we've not seen and understood, we ask you to reveal to us. Hallelujah. And we will give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor, for you are worthy, worthy, worthy are you, O God, to receive it all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. Thanks, guys. We appreciate that good singing and playing and that good ministry. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Tony and Miss Patsy, for those kind words. As they mentioned, Phyllis, my wife, and, and I go back with your pastors for decades. Brother Tony and I went to school together. We were in the same class in Raymond. And uh, I had the privilege of uh, working under 
Miss Patsy's leadership in the healing school, prayer school for a number of years. Learned so much there. Forever thankful. And I'm just blessed to be able to be in your midst and see what the Lord is doing here in this great country, in this great city. And how many believe he has a whole lot more for you? He has a whole, whole lot. He's not done. Much, much more. So if you brought your Bible with you this evening, turn to Scripture we've been looking at for the previous two nights. And uh, you're believing with me, right? For utterance and for the anointing. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. You know, uh, like Patsy was saying, the word is so valuable. And uh, revelation comes not from men and women, but it comes from him. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And there are miracles you can see, but some of the greatest miracles you can't see in services just like these. The Word of God can come and, and by the anointing go right into your spirit. Hallelujah. Past your understanding, beyond what you know is happening. And something happened in your spirit that you're not even fully aware of, but it changed you. It changed the way you see things. It changed the way you think. And uh, it alters your course. So in the next days and weeks, those changes develop. You become a different person, more like the master. Hallelujah. Your life has a different trajectory, and you wind up in different places, good places, hallelujah, that were ordained of him. So how many uh, are receptive tonight? Not, not, not from me, not from a man, but from the Holy Spirit to speak something into you that changes your insides, and then that changes your outsides. In 2 Corinthians 5, his anointed written word, verse 17, says, uh, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature or a new creation. How many could lift a hand and say, that's me, that's me. I'm, I, I've been born again. I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation from what I was before. I received the Lord. Is it true or not? A new creation, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things are of God, who's reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that is, God was in Christ reconciling the world. Everybody say the world. Unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, say it out loud. Now then, now then we are, we are 
ambassadors, ambassadors for, Christ. for Christ. Is it true? That's right. That's quite something. If you believe you're a new creation, you need to believe the verse that follows it, that you're also an ambassador. Hallelujah. I'm an ambassador for Christ. The devil is a debaser, a demeanor, a devaluer. He's always trying to run you down to yourself, to get you to think less of yourself, to get you to be down on yourself. I mean, he's, he's been able to convince Christians that everybody around them would be better off if they were gone. He's been able to convince Christians to commit suicide, to become so depressed and think so little of themselves, to try to cut off their life. Such, such deception, such a lie. The next time the enemy tries to tell you how worthless you are, ask him why Jesus paid so much for you. Hmm? Is God foolish? Does he not know the value of a thing? Hmm? Would God pay a million dollars for a 50 cent item? Because he doesn't know any better. What was paid for you? Not just a lot. The highest price that has ever been paid for anything in the universe was paid for you and me. That's how valuable we are in his eyes. Silver and gold could not buy you. There's not enough of it, not just on the planet, in the solar system, in the universe. There's not enough mineral wealth to equal your value. There is no price. Trillions. There, there is no price. The Bible says in the Psalms that the value of a soul ceases forever. How much are you worth? The devil will tell you nothing. He'll tell you, you know, maybe the value of your body in its elements for fertilizer. That's the kind of stuff the enemy comes up with. Oh, you're stupid. You're such a failure. You've made so many mistakes. You're worth nothing. Lies, lies, lies. God so loved the world that he what? That he what? That he gave what? Who? There was only one thing in the universe worth enough to buy you and I. It was and is the precious blood of the spotless lamb of God. That's the only thing valuable enough to buy you. And God paid it all. And Jesus gave it all to buy you. Hmm? How valuable are you? You're the apple of his eye. Hmm? Don't you let the enemy tell you that you're not worth much. That you don't matter. 
He's a liar. He's always trying to shame you, always trying to devalue you. Don't you believe it? You have been born of God. You're a new creation. And he has called and chosen you and appointed you to be his own ambassador in this world. To represent him. And to speak and act on his behalf in his stead. That's being somebody. Hmm? Look at your neighbor. Help him out. Say, I'm somebody. I'm somebody. <laughs> you, you, you're sitting by somebody. <laughs> you are sitting by somebody. <laughs> you're sitting by an ambassador of the kingdom, an ambassador of the anointed one. Hallelujah. But when this revelation dawns on you, you will quit hanging your head. You will stop slouching around and mumbling and thinking and acting like you don't matter and your words don't matter. He said, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you. Did you hear these next words? In Christ's stead, in his place, speaking on his behalf. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is an authorized representative of another. One who represents another stationed in a foreign country or a foreign land. That's you. Someone says, I'm not in a foreign land. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> well, yes, you are. This world is not your home. Thank God. Thank God for the country of Australia. Thank God for this city. I thank God for the U.S. and, and my home. But it is very very temporary it's not my home the Bible says so <laughs> are y'all okay tonight can you take this turn with me to the book of John gospel account of John Let me see. Let's do it this way instead. This is still John. John 15. Go there, please. John 15. Verse 19. John 15, 19, Jesus said, If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus said, 
that the world hated him. In John 7, 7, well, obviously they did. They, they crucified him. He came unto his own. His own received him not. He said the world hated him because he testified of it that the works thereof were evil. He said you're not of the world. The world refers to the present order in the world. Actually the word literally means order. But it's the present order. The scripture calls it this present evil world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says Satan is the God of this world. Satan is. There's all kind of church going people will tell you that God is controlling this world. But that's not what the scripture says. First hmm? John says the whole world lies under the control and power of the evil one. First John chapter 5. The whole world is lying under evil influence, evil control. Well, all you got to do is see what's happening. Right? Jesus said, John 10, 10, he said, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. But I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Is God the thief? No. Is Jesus the thief? No. Well, who's the thief? There's a devil. There's a devil. He's called the destroyer. And it really is quite irritating to me that people keep blaming my good father for all of the terrible cruelty and evil and destruction that the devil is doing in this planet. It's not my father. Hmm? He's a good father. Hallelujah. I mean, you, a three-year-old can understand correct theology. The devil is a bad devil. And he does bad things. God is a good God, and he does good things. They don't work together. They never swap jobs. You know, if God and the devil are working together somehow, you and I have had it. We might as well give up now. But no. No, this world... Even though we're in it, we're not of it, the scripture says. It's not our home. We are in a foreign land. Come on, can you see this? And we are his ambassadors in a foreign land. We looked last night to see in Philippians, it said that our citizenship is in heaven. Come on, somebody say that. My citizenship is in heaven. That's a direct quote. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Glory to God. They're preparing your place there. The master said, I go to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. And he said, I'm coming back to receive you to myself. 
Oh, hallelujah. This world's not our home. This, this, we don't belong to this world. We are odd balls in this world. We're supposed to be different from this world. We're not to represent this world. We're to represent the one who sent us into this world. Didn't Romans say, don't be conformed to this world? Now you got to watch it because there, there's pressure from this environment trying to get you away from who you're supposed to be representing and get you to conform. Conformity. The Lord gave me this word some years ago. Tolerance is the first step toward conformity. The enemy knows this. If he can get you to tolerate something, you're not saying you approve of it, but you tolerate it. You just took a step toward becoming like that. And given enough time, you'll become like that. Evil communications corrupt good manners, the scripture says. Whatever you're around, it'll either influence you or you'll influence them, depending on which is stronger. We're not supposed to let the world cause us to come into conformity with ungodly things. We're supposed to be standout representatives, obvious. We're from another place. Oh, come on, y'all with me or not? We have another spirit, a different spirit, the Holy Spirit, not the ungodly spirit, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God. Oh, thank you, Father. The spirit of truth, the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Hallelujah. When everybody else has that you're around that doesn't have peace and when they're, uh, they don't know who they are and they're uh, questioning their identity and all these things and you know who you are in Christ and you got the peace that passes understanding and you're bold in him, you're going to stand out. You're going you're gonna to act like you ain't from around here. <laughs> Meaning this world. Meaning this world. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Go to John 8, please. Boy, these are such great truths. I believe it's getting in your spirit. Hallelujah. It's going to displace out of you shame and foolish thinking and embarrassment over his things. Huh? <laughs> And you're going to become stronger and brighter and surer. Hallelujah. Say it out, say it out loud again. I am, I am an, ambassador an ambassador for Christ. For Christ. Glory yes. to God. You represent him in your world. You speak and act in his stead on his behalf. If he were there in the flesh... There are things he would say to them. There are things he would let them know. He's not there in the flesh, but that's okay because he sent you. 
Somebody got it. I said he sent you. He sent you. And you're going to say what he would say. And you're going to do what he would do and represent him. And even though they don't realize it, they're looking at you, but they're seeing him. They're listening to you, but they're hearing, hearing him because he's in you. I said, he's in you. He's in you. But if you don't have the confidence to step up, to speak up, it won't happen. Because you don't know who you are. Don't know what you are. I got an answer today on something I had been wondering about in Scripture for years, decades now. I'm going to share it with you right now. Are you, are you ready for that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. In John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to them and he said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Did you know there's another verse where Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Is that true? Huh? He said, I am the light. Another place, he said, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light. Well, he left. And he says, now you are the light of the world. Verse 23, John 8, 23. Jesus said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm, you're from beneath. He was talking to some of the most religious people of the day. And he said, you're from beneath. You know, there's this idea that we're all in the same family and God's father of everybody on the planet, but it's simply not true. Jesus told some of the most religious people of his day, you are of your father, the devil. Didn't he tell them that? No. In order to be in the family of God, you must be born again. And if you haven't been born again, God's not your father. And you're not in his family. The only way to get in the family of God is to be born into the family. That happens by believing on Jesus, receiving him and confessing him as Lord, and the work the Holy Spirit does in you. When you do that, you, uh, the new creation occurs. Hallelujah. And at that point, you are a son of God. You're part of the family. You are light like he is light. You're an ambassador and representative of his, and you are like him then, not from this world, not of this world. Now, I know when you say that, a lot of times people think, eh, that sounds a little far out. Well, out of this world is far out. <laughs> you ready for me to prove it to you or not? <laughs> John 3. 
This is the thing that I mentioned to you a moment ago that I'm, I got an answer on today. John 3, when Nicodemus came and visited Jesus, Jesus just looked at him in, in verse 3, John 3 and 3. He said, verily, verily, I say to you, what? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This actually is not an exact translation. If you look up the words, Young's literal translation is very accurate in the original language. It's, let me read it to you. It says, Jesus said, if anyone may not be born from above, he's not able to see the reign of God. Then it says it again in verse 7, that you may not wonder that I said to you, it behooves you or you must be born from above. Born again, it's an accurate term. But very accurate in this verse is to say you've been born from above. Hmm? Your first birth, your natural birth, was from below. Down here. Hmm? You were born from beneath. That's what he told them. You, you're from beneath. I'm from above. Hmm? And if you hadn't been born again... You're from beneath. But if you've been born again and become a new creation, you're born from above like him. He said, I'm from above. Hallelujah. Which means that technically, spiritually, you're not from around here. <laughs> you're from, come on, somebody say, I'm from above. How are you from above? Somebody says, I know you. You're from Brisbane. No. no. <laughs> Spiritually, if you're born again, you didn't come from this planet. Your spirit is born from above. Hallelujah. And you are now in this world, not from this world. Not of this world, but here on a temporary mission representing him as his ambassador. And soon and very soon, you're going to be out of here. Either the trumpet's going to sound and we're all going out of here. Or if he tarries his coming just this much longer, you'll finish your life and you'll slip out of here. And don't you dread that. Don't you dread that. When it comes time to go. Your spirit will slip out of your body just like a hand slips out of a glove. You'll slip out of your body and you'll be standing there and you'll see your body on the floor or the table or the bed or whatever it is and you'll say, wow, I didn't know I looked that old. <laughs> then you'll notice, I feel good. I feel because you'll be completely free from all of the darkness and the junk down here. And you look and there'll be a great big angel standing there smiling at you. And you go, hey. You go, you ready to go? 
Yeah. And you'll depart. You won't cease to exist. You'll depart to be with Christ. Hallelujah. Whom you have been representing away from home for a few years. And now your delegation, your ambassadorship will have been completed in this world. And you get to go home. Your real home. Where they have prepared your forever place. Hallelujah. That you won't have to clean night and day. Come on, think about that. No dirt. No dirt. I don't think we're going to have to fiddle with our hair all the time either. I think you'll just get up and be glorious. Maybe you want a little different style or a little different color. You shake your head a little bit. And we'll see each other and you'll go, you look fabulous. And you go, you do too. (laughs) And we'll never have a bad hair day. For us, believers in this world, this is as bad as it gets. Right now, what's happening right now is as bad, is as rough, is as ugly as it gets. And with the Lord helping us, we can make it. Not only make it, we're overcomers. Is that right? But we're not just here to survive. We're here to represent. We're here to act and speak on his behalf. Can you say amen? Come on, say it out loud. I am born from above. I'm not of this world. I am an ambassador for Christ. Hallelujah. Go with me to John, please. You're there in the book of John. Go to John, the 17th chapter. Now, this 17th chapter is Jesus praying. The whole chapter is him praying. How many would like to kneel down beside Jesus and listen to him pray? Hmm? Well, he's with you. But these words are living. I said these words are living. If you will let them, the Spirit of God will transport you into this timeless prayer right now when we read it. These words, are these words alive? They're alive. These words are living. If you'll you'll allow it, not let your mind be distracted right now, if you'll allow it, the Spirit of God will take you and put you right with Jesus as he prayed there. And he's praying for you. Hallelujah. How many believe Jesus' prayers get answered? Huh? Jesus' prayers come to pass. The things he prayed for us in this prayer, my friend, most people don't even dare to believe them. They are so big. But will you believe the word of God? 
How many know I didn't write this? I didn't write this? No preacher you know wrote this? Let's read it. Say, and in fact, pray this though before we do. Say it out loud. Father God, let these words come alive to me. As they are read, as I, as I see them and hear them, transport me into this prayer with Jesus. Open my eyes to see it and my heart to understand it. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. John 17, these words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hours come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. Did you know it's not the more beat down you are that glorifies God? It's when his glory is seen on you. Would you dare to pray that? As you have given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you've given him, and this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. The Lord tarries is coming. There should come a day you and I could be able to pray this, this same prayer. Hmm? You know, Paul said that, I'm, I'm ready. My departure's at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. You can know that before you leave here. Now, Father, glorify thou me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I've manifested your name to the men which you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things whatever you've given me are of you. For I've given to them the words which you gave me, and they received them. And they have known surely that I came out from you, and they have believed that you did send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which you've given me, for they are thine, all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I'm no more in the world but these are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep through your own name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those you gave me I've kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. He's talking about Judas. And now come I to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, 
and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, let them be set apart through your truth. Your word is truth. Before I read this next verse, we saw last night how Jesus called the twelve and authorized them and empowered them and gave them authority over unclean spirits and over every disease and sent them as his representatives. We saw how he did that with the 70 also. Same thing. Did he do that with us? Did he? Has he sent us? Read this verse. As you have sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. You might say, well, yeah, he's, he's talking about the 12, not just. Keep reading. For their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Have you been affected by the words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? Huh? Have you been affected? by the preaching of the gospel recorded by these individuals, this prayer applies to you. Come on back up. Back up to verse 18. Is it true? As Father, as you have sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Is it true? Is it true? That like the Father sent Jesus into the world, he now has sent us into the world. Not to be the Savior of the world. There's only one Savior of the world. There's only one spotless, sinless, substitutionary sacrifice. But He has sent us as ambassadors. He sent us as His representatives. And He said, just like I'm not of the world, they're not of the world. Oh friend, we need this revelation in us. It's so easy to get caught up in mundane living. Get up, go to work, come home, cut the grass, clean the house, fix your hair, go to bed, get up, come back, go to the game, and act like you're going to do this forever. And you are not. In a few more days, very few more days, you're going to breathe your last. You're going to be out of here. You might say, well, I'm young. 20 years is going to come and go like that. Next thing you know, you'll be 50. Next thing you know, 70, 80. Next thing you know, you're breathing your last and wondering where did the time go. But if you realize, I am not here just to live. I'm not here just to make a living. I'm not here just to go through the motions. I'm not here just to try to reach some kind of uh, financial comfort and retire and enjoy my few days. No, friend, you're not even from here. <laughs> you're not of here. You're born from above. 
Oh, come on, do you believe it or not? When you became a new creation, you're born from above, from outside this evil present world, but you, you're not supposed to get out of here immediately. You're here for a reason. You're sent here to represent him. He wants everybody that will to come to him and receive him. And if he were here in person, he'd tell them in person. But he's not, but his spirit is here in you, and he sent you in Christ's stead to speak on his behalf, to act on his behalf. Hallelujah. Fulfill your mission, and then get out of here. Hallelujah. Then get out of here. Glory to God. Do your tour of duty and get out of here. And so much stuff that people are entangled with is not going to matter past this life. And nobody's going to know and nobody's going to care a century from now or a thousand years from now. There's a reason why you're alive. There's a reason why you know Jesus. Hallelujah. He chose you. You're somebody. You're an ambassador. You don't have to be a preacher, but you do have to be a witness. Oh, somebody say witness, witness. He's the light of the world. And now you being in the world, you are the light of the world. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come on you. And you'll be witnesses unto him. And he talked about in the local area and then in an expanding circle of influence. You don't have to be a preacher, but you do have to be a witness. And you must not be ashamed or embarrassed. You don't have to quote a bunch of scriptures to somebody. Sometimes people thought people have read that and, and, and they thought it said, you shall receive power and go a-witnessing. <laughs> no, you shall receive power and be. Everybody say be, 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 be a witness. That's not something you do once in a while. That's something you are 24-7, everywhere you go, a witness. And th these are courtroom terminologies. A witness. What's a witness? Hmm? Hearsay is not acceptable in a court of law. But an eyewitness, somebody was there, saw it, heard it. Their testimony carries weight. Right? That's what you're called to do. What do you mean? You were there when Jesus saved you. You were there when he healed your body. Come on, come on, help me out. You were there when he answered your prayer. You were there when he healed your baby. Come here. You were there. You know this is not hearsay. And so you just got to be willing in the right set of circumstances, maybe around unbelievers, maybe around people who are just vacillating and don't know what they believe. But the Lord will prompt you. Something will come up. They're going through a hard time financially. They're going through a hard time with their family, their marriage, whatever. And the Lord will prompt you. Speak up. 
You don't have to quote a bunch of scriptures. You just say, well, let me tell you what happened to me. Hmm? I was in a I was hurting. I was in this situation. And I called on the Lord. Don't mumble when you say it either. I called on the Lord, the Lord. No. You did what? I prayed. I prayed. I stood on the word, scripture, and asked the Lord to do this, and I believe he received, and he came through for me. And tell him what he did, and tell him how he did it. And don't be timid about it. Don't be pushy, but don't be embarrassed at all. You're an ambassador. Hold your head up. Carry yourself like who you are. You're speaking on his behalf. And while you are sharing, now don't you, don't you make up stuff. Don't you dare make up stuff. But when you are sharing what's real to you, what you experience, what you know of him, the Holy Spirit will be working on them. He will be bearing witness with them and causing them to realize what they're telling you is true. What they're telling you, the Spirit of God will come on them. Hallelujah. And you will be acting representative of the kingdom. Don't have to be a preacher. Don't have to know a bunch of scriptures. Hmm? Just be a witness. I was there when the Lord filled me with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I was there. I was there when he delivered me from problems. I was there when I didn't know how I was going to make it and where the money was going to come from. But he came through. He came through. I was there. And I am not ashamed to testify. I am not ashamed to bear witness. And friend, when you do that, you are light. You are light in the darkness. You are a witness of the kingdom. You're an ambassador for Christ. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's lift up our hands and just thank him for a moment. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that you've called us. You chose us. You anointed us. You appointed us. You made us your representatives in this world. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, Father. Go with me, please, to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Now, as we get into this, we talk, we're talking now about power to be a witness. As we get into this, we're getting into some things that a lot of church-going people just simply do not believe. But examine the Word as we talk about it. Our my father in the faith, Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr., he's in heaven now, and also Brother Tony and Miss Patsy, shared of visitations that he had from the head of the church. And a number of them are recorded in the, in the book, I Believe in Visions. I read that book at the beginning of my walk with the Lord back decades ago, and it changed my life. 
and it's one of the most significant books in my life. If you have not read it, I strongly encourage you. The title is I Believe in Visions, Kenneth E. Hagin. And one of the visions that he, he shared is, uh, I believe he said it was in 1952 or so, that he, of course, he, he never said or so. He'd give you the exact date and the time and <laughs> that it was on a Tuesday and all like that. <laughs> Have you ever heard him talk about this? Uh, <laughs> and uh, he said that he was ministering for a, a pastor, and after the service, he came back and they had a sandwich, and, and they were going to pray before the, the man took his little daughter uh, to go to bed. And he said when he knelt down on the floor, he was in the spirit. And he looked up where the uh, ceiling should have been, and, and it wasn't there. He saw the Lord, saw the master, the head of the church. Is he real? The master. And he said the Lord told him, he said, I'm going to teach you about the devil and evil spirits and how they influence people, how they can get a hold of people, even my people, if they let him, if they'll allow him. And uh, I won't try to go through all of it. I, I strongly recommend that you read it. But he said during the course of this vision, a, a spirit came and jumped up and down in between him and Jesus and began with a shrill voice yelling yakity yakity yak he said and putting out some kind of smoke screen he said he couldn't see the Lord anymore he just saw him kind of uh, vaguely through the smoke couldn't hear him what he was saying and, and, and began to get frustrated he thought I doesn't the Lord know I, I don't hear what he's saying doesn't the Lord know I'm, I'm missing what he's saying why doesn't he do something about that why doesn't he make that spirit stop? Why doesn't he rebuke him? Why doesn't the Lord do something about that? And he said it just kept happening. The Lord just kept talking like nothing was going on. And finally, Brother Hagin said he got so frustrated, he spoke to the spirit and said, I command you to shut up. So when he did, he fell down and whimpered. He said, not only that, but get out of here. He said he got up and scampered out. And he's standing there and the Lord's looking at him. And he said, of course, the Lord knew his thoughts. And his thinking is, why didn't, why did the Lord allow that? Why didn't the Lord stop that? And I want to read to you, this is right out of the book now. What he said the Lord said to him. He said, the Lord said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. Most of the church world does not believe this. He said, he said, Lord, I, I know I misunderstood you. I thought you said you couldn't, but you meant you wouldn't. He said, no. If you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. He said, Lord, I know I misunderstood you. <laughs> you didn't say you couldn't. You said you wouldn't. He said, the Lord said, no. 
if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. He said, Lord, that, that's different than anything I've ever heard preached or preached myself. That upends my theology. He said, the Lord said, sometimes your theology needs upending. And he told him, he said, Lord, I know I'm seeing you, I'm having a vision, but uh, I can't accept this. You're going to have to give me scripture for this. And the word says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, you're going to have to give me scripture for this. And he said, the Lord wasn't upset with him. He said, he smiled and said, I'll do you one better. I'll give you four. He said, Lord, if there's anything in there like that, I've read through the New Testament 150 times, some of it more than that. If there's anything in there like that, I don't know it. He said, son, there's a lot in there you don't know. <laughs> and he gave him four references in the New Testament. And the first one was Matthew 28. When Jesus said, after, the, after he'd been raised from the dead, he said, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. He said, well, you might say, well, yeah, it's given to you. The very next verse says, you go into all the world. You go. Why do we go? Because he got the authority. He said he immediately, when he got the authority, delegated it to the church. Is that true? He immediately delegated to the church. Now listen to this. He said, the master said, there's not a single place in the New Testament where believers are ever told to pray against the devil and I'll do anything about him. He said, there's not one instance in any of the epistles written to the churches where believers are told to ask God to rebuke the devil or do something about the devil. To do so if they do, they're wasting their time. Brother Hagin said later, he thought, I've wasted a lot of time. <laughs> Does most of the church world believe this? They do not. They believe it's all up to God. Which is why people continue to wonder, why doesn't he do something? The exact thing Brother Hagin was asking, why doesn't the Lord stop that? Why doesn't he do something? Hmm? Why doesn't he do something? He said, the master said this, God has done all he's going to do about the devil for the time until the angel comes down and binds him with a chain and puts him in the bottomless pit. Every writer in the New Testament tells the believer, the believer, to do something about the devil. The believer has to have authority over the devil or the Bible wouldn't tell him to do something about the devil. As ambassadors, as his representatives, we are authorized to speak in his name. Do you remember what he told the 12 and what he told the 70? He gave them power and authority to cast out spirits and to heal every sickness and every disease. Has he authorized us to? Yes. Has he sent us to? Yes. Most of the church doesn't believe it. Oh, you do. Because <laughs> you're not from around here. 
you're in this world, but you're not of this world. You're born from above. Hallelujah. You're a new creation, and you're an ambassador. Oh, somebody say, I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. The Lord quoted to Brother Hagin, Mark 16. He said, one of the first signs that will follow believers in my name, they'll cast out evil spirits. Cast out demons. He said they could not cast out evil spirits if they didn't have authority over evil spirits. He said, now, now, now listen to this. He said, I delegated my authority over the devil to the church. I can work only through the church, for I am the head of the church. Hmm? I've delegated my authority over the devil to you on the earth. If you don't do something about it, then nothing will be done. And that's why many times nothing is done. I'm about to give you some more scriptures. Hmm? This is not just a, you shouldn't accept anybody's vision or revelation unless you can see it in the word for yourself. Right? But there's a reason why a lot of nothing is being done. There's a reason why people are, are crying their eyes out. Why won't God do anything? Why does God allow this? Why doesn't God make the devil stop? There are two prayers God can't answer. I'm not saying they're the only two, but there are two I know of. He can't answer you asking him to do what he's already done. And also he can't answer you asking him to do what he told you to do. And two things he told us to do that God won't do for us, he doesn't do for us, he doesn't receive for us. If he was going to receive for people, he'd make everybody receive Jesus. And they'd be born again and miss hell. He doesn't receive for us, nor does he resist the devil for us. Y'all with me or not? Go to Ephesians 1, please. I just got a couple of scriptures here. Before we go a different direction. Ephesians, the first chapter. He's talking about what happened in Christ. Now this is not religious. A lot of folks don't like this. But did I make it up or are there scriptures here that we're reading? Ephesians, the first chapter, there's a great prayer here. He talked about verse 19 and 20, the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, did he get the keys of death and hell and the grave? Revelation says, I, I'm he 
that liveth and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I got the keys. The keys represent authority. Somebody said, well, he's got the keys. He said, and, verse 22, has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. All things authority-wise are put under his what? Feet. Where's the feet? In the body. What's the body? The church. He's the head of the church. If it's under his feet, it's under us. We're in the body. That's why he gave Brother Hagin the other scriptures. He said, you know, James says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Who's going to resist the devil? You resist the devil. And he's going to flee from who? You. First Peter 5 said, resist him steadfast in the faith. Who's going to do it? You are. Ephesians says, give no place to the devil. Who is? You. You. People are begging God to make the devil stop and ignoring the scriptures and acting like we have no authority. He said, if you don't do something about it, nothing will be done. And that's why many times nothing is done. We haven't known who we are. We haven't known what we have. He said, I got he said, all authority has been given to me, but immediately delegated it and said, you go. And Mark said, in my name, you'll cast out devils. Now notice this in Matthew 16 and get ready to shout. Get, get tuned up, get ready. Ready to shout. Are you okay? Don't let this be too much for you now. Hmm? You just, you've been hollering all night. You're an ambassador. Right? Are you an ambassador? <laughs> Matthew 16. And verse 19. 16, 19. He said, I'm he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys. I got the keys. Somebody said, well, yeah, Jesus got the keys. Yeah, but what did he do with them? Verse 19, I give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What are they? Keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you there's a lot of you in here. Loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Did it sound like delegation? Does it sound like authorization and empowerment? Listen to another translation here. The, the new century says it like this. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The things you don't allow on earth will be the things God does not allow. The things you allow on earth will be the things that God allows. Most of the church doesn't believe this. You'll see some of the modern translations. People go through hoops trying to change this, trying to reword this. They say, no, it, it, it's heaven first, 
then it's earth. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. Don't change what Jesus said. Complete English version says, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and God in heaven will allow whatever you allow on earth, but he will not allow anything you don't allow. That's in line with what Brother Hagin said Jesus told him. He said, he's thinking, Lord, why don't, why don't you stop that? He said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. Why? Because he has delegated this authority to us. He said, if you don't do something about it, nothing will be done. That would answer a lot of questions. Wouldn't it? That would answer a lot of questions. Whatever you, today's English says, whatever you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Let me give you a scenario. What if I was king of America? I know that'd be a lot of people's worst nightmare, but uh, not president, not president, king. Got absolute authority. If I had absolute, I'm, I'm king, of a, king of America. Got absolute authority. But I'm over here visiting you in Australia. I'm not there. But I wanted something done. I see something on the news. And I hear something through a phone call or whatever, and I don't like it. I got authority. But I'm not there. What do I do? Come on, help me out. What do I do? What do I do? I call some of my staff. What's your name, brother? Thomas. Huh? Thomas. Thomas. I say, Thomas, it's King Keith. <laughs> There's some things going over there in Virginia I don't like. Now I want you to go right over there right now, fire up the jet, fly over there, and I'm authorizing you. I want you to stop this. And then I want you to implement this. I want you to do it before tomorrow morning. And what if Thomas said, I'm not the king. You're the king. I said, I know I'm the king. And I'm telling you, go. What if Thomas cried and said, I'm not the king. You're the king. I said, Thomas, I know I'm the king. I'm off the ride. And what if I couldn't, couldn't get Thomas to quit, cry, quit crying? I said, well, give the phone to, what's your name, brother? Kevin. Kevin. I said, give the phone to Kevin. I said, Kevin, it's King Keith here. There's some stuff going on I don't like. I want it stopped. I want it stopped now. I'm authorizing you. If need be, take some troops. Take some this. Take some that. I don't care if it costs a billion dollars. I'm king of America. I want you to go, I want it stop, I want this stopped, and I want this started. I want it implemented before tomorrow. What if Kevin says, I'm not the king. You're the king. I said, I know I'm the king, Kevin. I'm telling, I'm, I've authorized you. I'm, what, if, what if Kevin cried now? And he kept saying, I'm not the king. And I couldn't get him to do it. I said, Well, give the phone. Anna? Anna? Yeah. Give the phone to Anna. 
Oh, is something about to happen now? I said, Anna, it's King Keith. And, and what if Anna started crying too? And she said, I'm not the king. I'm not the king. You're the king. I said, I know I'm the king. And I gave the phone to Jenny. Jenny. She cried and said, I'm not the king. I gave the phone to Cornelius. Cornelius. And he cried and said, I'm not the king. <laughs> I said, well, give the phone to Seth. Seth. And Seth cried and said, I'm not the king. <laughs> now you're laughing, but it ain't funny. Even though I have all authority and power, I'm not there. And I can't accomplish my will. Because none of my delegates will obey me and act in my name and on my behalf. And so my will is not done. My desire is not accomplished. That is the current situation in this world. Most church-going people, they don't think they have any power. They think they are helpless victims to whatever happens in life. They believe erroneous doctrines that God is controlling every detail of everything and no matter how evil and cruel and destructive it is, it's somehow the mysterious will of God being done. And if the devil can get you to believe that, you won't resist anything. And he is left unchecked. And that's what's happening in the world and sadly in the church. Oh, but I believe the Spirit of God is stirring up a group of people Oh, hallelujah. They are finding out who they are and what they are. And when the, when the Spirit of God speaks to them and the head of the church speaks to them, they don't cry and say, I'm not the king. They say, yes, sir. Come on, are you with me? I will go. I will do what you want me to do. I will shut that down in Jesus' name. And you say, you foul spirits operating here, I command you to stop and cease in your operations and maneuvers. And whatever you bind on earth, heaven will back you up. You say, go ministering spirits, you're loosed to influence and cause the work of God to be done. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Heaven will back you up. It's the keys of the kingdom. It's the authority of the born again ambassador. Hallelujah. Believer in Christ Jesus. Oh friends, we must stop tolerating all this work of the enemy in our lives and around about us. If you'll listen, the Spirit of God, the head of the church, 
by the Spirit of God will prompt you. Something will be going on in your life, and you'll just know, I, I don't have to take that. I don't have to tolerate that. It'll come up in you, and you'll command it to stop in Jesus' name. And it will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you'll realize that you'd given to the place to the enemy through ignorance or through what? Even through making a mistake. But you'll repent immediately and you'll get it right and you'll shut him down and shut the door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you'll believe that your words can carry weight because you are his ambassador. And you have been authorized to speak on his behalf in his stead. In his name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody say thank you master. Thank you master. Go ahead stand on your feet. Begin to lift your hands. Oh let's give the Lord praise. Let's give him thanks. Let's give him glory. Oh we give you glory Lord. 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 We give you glory, we give you glory. We honor you, we worship you. We give you praise, we give you thanks. We worship you, oh God. We worship you, oh God. We worship you. We worship you, we worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brandon.org.au.